BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, reporting from uh, the Brooklyn Solarium. I want to start off today's show with just trying to wrap my mind around the emotions that have been flooding my brain since news broke about Putin's invasion of the Ukraine. So many reports have been coming up. There is nonstop coverage on all of the major news stations, but there was a thread um, that caught my eye (sighs) that was a series of reporting around the globe about the conflict uh, that is happening and how white mainstream media, how white global mainstream media has decided to cover this situation that is, by all accounts, friends, horrific, right? It is. And I talked about this yesterday, and I'm going to talk about it again today, and I'm going to talk about it until I see it being regularly covered on mainstream news. Anti-blackness is something that is so pervasive in our country, in society, in our world, that if you even have the audacity to call it out, then you are one that is making a bad situation worse. You're the one that's being perceived as being racist because you want to have conversations about the very real atrocities that are being faced by people from the Ukraine, people who are currently living in the Ukraine, but are not Ukrainian, like many Africans, uh, like many, uh, black Americans, like many Latinx people, like people who 
live there, are immigrants to that country, and happen to be Black or people of color, and how they are being turned away from the borders of neighboring nations in favor of letting in white people. Look, folks, everyone that is fleeing right now is a human being. Everyone that is fleeing the violence that is encapsulating the entirety of the Ukraine is worthy of being saved. Look, I don't even buy the, oh, women and children first situation. I agree children first, right? But like, again, this perception of, oh, only men can stay behind to fight or should stay behind to fight is based in patriarchy. But not only are we deciding who is worthy of saving and who is not based on their gender and gender identity, we're also doing it based on race, right? Like, oh, well, we don't want you in this country. Meanwhile, I'm like, motherfucker, who is bombing you? Who is attacking you, right? It is people that look like you. And yet you have all over the news stations. And again, I brought this up yesterday, but I'm telling you that the fucking outrage that I feel when I am seeing these Twitter threads that are put together where it's like these European countries and, and these European news outlets are just so beside themselves that people that look like them, that white people are experiencing this type of violence and then have the audacity to say like, oh, well, it's not like we live in Afghanistan or Iraq as if like, because there has been violence in those countries, that means that somehow they are deserving. They are somehow less civilized, right? Even words that are being used, like this is civil, you know, European nations with restaurants and Netflix and Instagram. What the fuck? That is what we're using as the barometer to decide our humanness towards other people? Do you have an Instagram account? Do you have the ability to go and get coffee? Are we fucking kidding right now? You know, and, and, and the fact that these people, these reporters and politicians feel it just so naturally to say things that are so fucking racist, so anti-black, so anti-people of color, and then are met with no pushback. Oh yeah, you're right. You know, these other nations, sure, I guess we can muster up or scrounge around some crumbs of empathy for them, but you know, they're savages anyway. It's disgraceful. You know, we all wanted to scream and wave our hands when Donald Trump was president of the United States and he was closing down our borders to African nations. But lo and behold, folks, he ain't the only one that's ever done that. He's not the only president that's ever done that in this fucking country. And he sure is not the only one that has ever done it on a global scale. Black people are unwanted everywhere. Because that's what the pervasiveness of white supremacy does and looks like, that it makes it acceptable to dehumanize, dismiss, and ignore completely how our suffering as black people throughout the diaspora is then even more 
compacted when you add anti-blackness on top of everything else. And the fact that the news needs to be fucking called out in order to do the right thing. So finally, after three, four hours of having CNN on in the background, I saw uh, a black, what seemingly looks like a reporter of color stationed at a railroad station in Poland to be able then to offer up the analysis again of how these people, African people are being treated and what they are being met with. So then when kicked back to Anderson Cooper, right, this whole reporting that was done He once again talks about, well, it's, you know, the the scenes are terrible and women and children and they're coming exhausted and tired, but once again, doesn't use it as an opportunity, right? To then signal back to the reporter that was just reporting, no one should have to deal with the stresses of war, the exhaustion, the fear and anxiety, and then add race and racism on top of it. No one should have to be dealing with that. But he didn't acknowledge it. I'm so tired of these fucking media outlets doing the bare fucking minimum or nothing at all. Four hours of coverage of the attacks and you get a two-minute segment on the atrocities that are being met with people that are people of color, and I fucking hate using that term, but I don't know what else to say. Because it isn't just Africans, it isn't just those that are Arab, it, it, you're like, it is, if you have melanin in your skin, you are being turned away from neighboring countries. Because your safety, you are seen as the problem that is entering in. Meanwhile, who the fuck is the one dropping bombs and what do they look like? But somehow we're still the problem. And I say the collective we because they wouldn't care if I was black and American, if I was in that train station or at those borders like on foot. They see the skin and they turn you away doesn't matter if you too are a woman holding a crying baby and you happen to be black. We are in such fucking trouble as a global community. I I am going to transition shortly to talking about the climate report that came out yesterday that was so fucking startling, like just, I mean, we're so fucked, right? And realizing that the warnings that had been coming in had been coming in for decades. But our politicians don't care. Greed runs everything. And accountability, right? Like actual companies uh, following uh, a, 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 a guideline that would have, that would force them to stop polluting our environments. Oh no, no, no. It'll hurt business. We only have, as far as we all know, cause I'm not Elon fucking Musk. We only have one goddamn planet. 
But it's like, it's, it's the fucking greed that is driving every goddamn thing here. It's Putin's greed for fucking power, right? And reliving the glory days of the USSR. It's America's greed that is driving our reaction to fucking COVID. Right? Like it, 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 it is the, it is money and power is why we are in these catastrophic situations right now. Whether it is war, whether it is climate change, whether it is fighting against fascism, all of it, all of it comes back to money and power. It's outrageous, folks. Like, I'm just, I, I, you know, what I, what I always say, there's a meme that goes around that says that if you're tired of hearing about racism, imagine how fucking tired we all are of experiencing it and then having it just outwardly ignored. These people calling for solidarity around the world. Oh, we need to be in solidarity with the Ukrainians. And I'm saying, yeah, we do. But when aren't white folks ever, whether it be in America or around the world, in solidarity with black people that are suffering? with black people that are facing war. No, the globe just shrugs it off and says, oh, well, they're savages, so that's expected. Empathy shouldn't be something that, like, you have to prove, consistently prove your humanity in order to get. But that is what black people and people of color who make up the global fucking majority have to deal with day in and day out, whether we are at war or not. Because the world is constantly at war with us. Let that sink in. That to be black and exist on this planet is to consistently have targets at your back, literally and fucking figuratively. It is only Tuesday. It is only Tuesday. It is March 1st. This is the beginning of Women's History Month. And do you know I spent yesterday reading up on what's happening in Ethiopia, reading up on the weaponization of rape. But we don't care about the Tigray people, right? And I may be pronouncing that completely wrong. We don't care that thousands of these people have been murdered, that rape has been utilized as a tactic of war, gang raping as little as nine years old. Why aren't we talking about this? Because they're black and they come from villages that we couldn't possibly fucking imagine. They are breathing, living human beings who should have value by virtue of nothing other than that. So fucking tired of people having to prove their humanity in order to get empathy. Sympathy? 
I got to prove to you that I too have children, have homes, have aspirations, have desires, have dreams. Why is that something that is reserved solely for white people? I don't want to play the oppression Olympics. I don't want to have a hierarchy of suffering. I just want equal coverage. Equal flags going up on social media that show solidarity for all of those that are suffering. Not just one fucking race in one fucking region. Why can't we hold these things all at the same time? And don't let the fucking media lie to you. Oh, there's just so much to cover. No, because there are a lot of things to cover, but you only decide to cover one thing one way all the fucking time. It's some days it's becoming impossible, folks, to take this all in. It feels like everything is coming at us like a fire hose, like opening a, 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 a fucking, you know, fire hydrant. And just, it's just flooding, just flooding with toxicity, with bad news, with negativity, with evil, with horror, just flooding. And it's like, where the fuck is the wrench for us to close this off or at least lessen it? Because you can't drink from a fire hose. You can't take this shit in. All day long, it is one bad story after the next. And I want to thank people who send me, you know, tweets and messages and DM me on Patreon and DM me in social media, because you are bringing attention to stories that like, I would have to have a team of researchers to go and dig. And by the way, I do not. Right? So I utilize all the things that you guys bring me in so that I can pay attention to the things that mainstream news is not covering and that I don't have the bandwidth to read all the time, the 75 fucking papers around the world to get a sense of what's going on. So I appreciate it so much. But at the same time, it's just like, how do we muster through? How do we muster through? Why are we in the midst of all of this? Why can't we just look at these images and these videos of all people suffering and think, dear God, what is at the root of this? And then figure out how we get, how, how we move from this, how we get better. It's the same lies. It's the same bullshit over and over and over again. Greed. Power. Nations run by megalomaniac men. Corrupt politicians looking for their payout, regardless of who they sell out in the process.
It's a travesty. You know, when I posted yesterday and I said, you know, God damn it. I posted a reel on Instagram and then I shared it on Twitter. And I was just like, to pause from ethnic cleansing that is happening in Ethiopia, to talk about the war that is going on in Ukraine, to then take a hot beat to talk about the climate change study that I'm about to switch to. It's like, and then to talk about all of the COVID restrictions that are just disappearing. Now in New York, you won't need to show vaccination. You won't need to wear a mask. COVID is done. Except it's not. So between... The global health pandemic, the climate crises, war, perpetual racism, fascism, white supremacy, all of these things, transphobia, homophobia, right? Like when I tweet people like, what did I miss? Oh, is it still the normal concoction of life ending crises? Got it. And I asked the question jokingly, I'm like, no, seriously, when is too early to start drinking? I'm not advocating alcoholism by any means, but I'm like, this shit is very real, right? And, you know, I meditate and exercise and go on walks and do the most, but like my shoulders are still at my ears and my head is pounding so much at night that like I'm looking at the clock at one, two, three AM. Because I can't quiet my mind. I know I'm not the only one. I'm not special in this situation. I just have the ability to narrate what many of us are living and feeling in this moment. Something's gotta give. Today Right? Later today, the president is going to give his first State of the Union address. I cannot believe that this is happening at this time. And when I got the heads up and looking through, oh, here are some of the themes and the highlights, I'm like, these are the same themes and highlights that have been given by Democratic presidents before. Let's talk about how strong the economy is. Let's talk about, you know, the the policies that we've passed. Let's not address the fucking anxiety, the depression, the fear, the war, the fact that we have insurrectionists that have not been dealt with. Let's not address reality, right? Let's just sugarcoat all of this shit and put it out with the State of the Union and then still refer to our friends from across the aisle, which are um, parts of American fucking oligarchs that funded the fucking insurrection in the room that you're standing in. But let's pretend. I'm tired of living in the land of fucking make-believe. I want somebody to deliver the truth, no matter how hard it is of a pill to swallow. I keep re-watching the Matrix series, right, over and over and over again, because I'm telling you that there is something very extraordinary about that series, right? And if you pick it apart and there have been theses written on it and, you know, uh, think, think pieces to the millionth times over that have been written about it because it's so very real. Morpheus, played by Lawrence Fishburne in the opening scenes as 
as Mr. Anderson, played by Keanu Reeves slash Neo, is coming to the realization, all of his ideas and beliefs that there is something more at play in this world than what is meeting his eyes. And when they finally meet, for him, Neo, to make the ultimate decision, do I take the blue pill or the red pill? Do I continue to live a life that I am in slumber in, right? Or do I take this red pill here that will wake me up to the reality that has been kept from me? Morpheus looks at him and says, Neo, you know this. You've been living in a dream world. You've been pacified, literally. When we learn of the tanks that human bodies are in to feed into this matrix, to feed into this system, folks, yes, that is sci-fi. Yes, there is fantasy. But I want to ask you, what are the ways that you believe that our current society, our government has pacified us, had, ha, has had us living and existing and swirling around in this dream world of American exceptionalism and white superiority that has us believe that as a nation that we are so much more superior than any of these other places, these other regions, these far-reaching geographies that have experienced war on their own soil. Waking up one morning and your neighbors and your community is destroyed and gone. We are living unconsciously in this country because the reality of what we are being faced with right now for too many people is too much to bear. So they would rather take the blue pill and stay asleep. But I don't know how you're going to sleep when your house is flooded and there's water up to the roof. I don't know how you're going to sleep when the viruses break out from all of the now mosquitoes that are carrying dengue fever and malaria into regions of the world that have never experienced that on top of other viruses that are going to happen because of the climate crises we are in, because of the deforestation that is happening, because of the heating of the ocean and the deaths of the animals that we actually need, that we are in ecosystem with. How are you going to sleep when your state capitol buildings are being taken over by radical right-wing fascists who are deciding to bring in you know, 18-wheeler trucks and blare their horns and block the streets because they've decided to do a takeover. You mean like the caravan that is crossing the country right now? We can no longer afford folks to stay asleep. People can't afford to continue to take the blue pill and for me, the State of the Union should be the one red capsule. Wake the fuck up. We got a political party that is sitting in this chamber, ladies and gentlemen, many of whom participated 
in the destruction of our democracy. From this very floor, they were on their phones working with, contacting the insurrectionists that would defecate in our hallways. We cannot afford not to pay attention, not to call it out, and to assume that everything is the way that it's always been. It is not, ladies and gentlemen. We can't pretend that in a couple of months' time that our democracy is not going to be gone because there are over 300 pieces of legislation that have been rolled out by members of this very chamber right now, ladies and gentlemen, that have funded the destruction of our democracy. We have members of our own Supreme Court whose partners and spouses have reported, have ties to the insurrectionists that wanted to hang our former vice president. This isn't conspiracy, folks. This isn't left-wing radicalization. This is sleeper cells that are not that asleep that have been activated in communities all around this country, being led by officials in this very room. That, to me, dear friends, would be the kind of State of the Union that would meet the fucking crisis that we are in right now. You know what? Why? Because it would be the fucking truth. And people will say, oh, well, Danielle, oh, my God, we can't do that. It would cause mass panic. If you are not panicked about what you are seeing, reading, hearing, then you are not paying attention. So there is nothing that Joe Biden could offer up in that state of the union that is the truth that would have people be like, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, yes, he does. I would love for the president to say, you know what? As you watch what is unfolding in the Ukraine, in these metropolitan cities that very much look like New York and LA and San Francisco. That we are not immune from mutiny. That we are not immune from war. We may not have seen it as of yet, but we have had our own invasions that have been happening. We just don't call it that. Right? You think that people in these other regions are sitting down and maybe they are. Maybe they're thinking to themselves, well, there's two sides to this story. Maybe we should talk to the terrorists and really get their perspective. You know, maybe it isn't about mayhem, rape, and murder. Maybe it is about identity politics. Maybe it's about economic anxiety. We should give them a chance to air out their side. Sounds fucking stupid, doesn't it? When you're putting it on other people. But what if our president were to actually tell the fucking truth? 
We're to actually call out for the world to see that we no longer have two political parties, that this country is headed towards a danger zone. And the only things that we have left in our arsenal here is our power and our privilege to vote, which is going to be gone in a few short months. So you can vote for the Republicans. That is absolutely your choice. This is still currently on my watch, a free and fair country. But that time, we are on a ticking. We are ticking down. We have a countdown clock. So you can choose to vote for the party that wants to ban and burn books. You can choose to vote for the party that wants to rip off mass, that wants to say that tending to the needs, the emotional well-being and the physical care of a transgender child is abuse. If that's the party that you want to vote for, then my, by all means. Now, again, you can't say those things in the chamber because it is politics. So we can't talk about voting. God forbid. But we can sure as fuck paint the picture of what we're up against, what the world is up against. But then that would be too much truth, right? So instead, let's talk about the economy, even though we're all watching the fucking Dow Jones where most of our 401ks are fucking crumble before our eyes with each fleeting day. We're just in so much trouble. We're in so much trouble, and what pisses me off is that nobody just wants to tell the truth. Nobody just wants to rip off the Band-Aid. Everybody is still doing this tap dance and this jig like everything's okay, and this is like, you know, the Obama years. I'm like, look around, folks. Like, y'all just pretending that a global health pandemic is not still raging. Just because you don't talk about something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Case in point, insert racism. Just because you don't want to talk about it, you don't want to deal with it because it's uncomfortable, doesn't mean that it doesn't fucking exist. Let me turn my attention now to the report that came out. Um on climate change. And I want to pull it up because the New York times did a summation, but you can access the entire report. Um, they have many different versions, but essentially it was written by over 270 scientists from I believe it is 67 countries. And of course, now my, my computer does not want to open and work. Um, so let me say this. 67 countries, um, an intergovernmental panel on climate change. The climate change report is entitled Climate Change 2022, Impacts, Adaptation, and Vulnerability. The report... Um, according to Antonio Gutierrez, who is the UN, uh, part of UN climate leadership, he says is this, it is an atlas of human suffering, a damning indictment of failed climate leadership. 
Here are some of the highlights uh, that were brought up in this report that is, you know, friends, really, I I don't know how to say it to you, um, really fucking alarming. So let me bring up, finally, that I can on my computer, let me bring up some of the major findings here. Um, basically in the article in the New York times, climate change is harming the planet faster than we can adapt. The UN warns, um, the authors, Brad Plumer and Raymond Zong write this, the dangers of climate change are mounting so rapidly that they could soon overwhelm the ability of both nature and humanity to adapt unless greenhouse gas emissions are quickly reduced, according to a major new scientific report released Monday. They go on to write, the perils are already visible across the globe, the report said. In 2019, Storms, floods, and other extreme weather events displaced, listen to this folks, listen to this, displaced more than 13 million people across Asia and Africa. You want to talk about a fucking refugee crisis, right? You want, we, we want to talk about the crisis that is at the borders right now in the bordering nations to the Ukraine. 13 million people have been displaced were displaced in 2019 alone. But we are not talking about these quote unquote climate refugees who are leaving their homes because of drought, because of floods, because of fires. This report talks about us needing to now build homes that are higher, that these nations, the wealthier nations that are able to use billions of dollars to provide, um, weather walls and retrofit buildings and build higher homes. Well, if you are a poorer, low income nation, what the fuck are you able to do? Once again, relying on the benevolence of these white wealthy nations that are actually responsible for your current situation. You think that it's these small fucking countries, these small fucking islands that are the cause for the greenhouse gas emissions? No, but they, of course, of will be the ones to pay the brunt of the issues first, and then it will trickle down to the rest of us. But we won't care, right? Because they're black and brown people. Who gives a fuck? I digress. Rising heat and drought are killing crops and trees, putting millions worldwide at increased risk of hunger and malnutrition, while mosquitoes, as I mentioned earlier, carrying diseases like malaria and dengue are spreading into new areas. Roughly, listen to this, dear listener, half the world's population, half the world's population currently faces severe water scarcity at least part of the year. Folks, this is happening in places like Arizona, okay? Not some faraway land that you'll never visit or can't point out on a map. This is happening already in parts of the United States. Once again, we are not covering this on a regular basis. But I have talked to people who are wealthy, who have talked to me about the importance of 
climate properties. Do you know what climate properties are? Well, it used to be that the desire of the wealthy and those with means were to have summer homes that were waterfront and what have you. But now they are seeing the devaluation in that because of what? Climate change. Buying a home on a waterfront, you might as well just put it in the middle of the fucking ocean. Right? So now the wealthy who have the means to be able to think and plan ahead are buying climate property, homes that are inland or in mountainous regions, or more importantly, on natural springs. You think that they're buying homes that are on natural springs just for their own benefit or so that they can monetize, right? And continue and expand their wealth when the rest of the country is in living literally in a thirst fucking trap. Wrap your mind around that. (sighs) Camille Parmesan, an ecologist at the University of Texas, Austin, says this. One of the most striking conclusions in our report is that we're seeing adverse impacts that are much more widespread and much more negative than expected. To date, the New York Times reports, many nations have been able to partly limit the damage by spending billions of dollars each year on adaptation measures, right? But those efforts are too often, quote, incremental. Preparing for future threats like dwindling fresh water supplies or irreversible uh, uh, ecosystem damage will require, quote, transformational changes. But you know this. People like Joe Manchin, by the way, who are heading up the Committee on Climate Change, King Cole, they don't like transformational any fucking thing. Remember that I consistently say we're supposed to move at a pace that is comfortable for the mainstream. So any type of transformational action that would actually help us meet this crisis moment, these motherfuckers don't want to take, not these fucking white centrist moderates. Ooh, that's too much. It'll hurt big business. Who gives a fuck about the planet? Just don't look up. The piece goes on to say this. The reality is, is that scientists have been warning us about this for decades and that they believe what they are witnessing now is that the pace of climate change is happening so rapid that we are not going to have time to adapt in the way that we thought that we were going to have time to adapt. That essentially we are in a head-on collision with climate change with no ability to divert course because we have run out of time. They go on to say that global temperatures have already increased by an average of 1.1 degrees Celsius or 2 degrees Fahrenheit since the 19th century. As humans have pumped heat-trapping gases into the atmosphere by burning coal, oil, and gas for energy and cutting down forests. Now, we talked about this on Woke AF last week when the point is being made about the need to develop 
energy sources outside of the hot three that I just named, because in terms of war, right? What do people go to war for? They go to war to spread, to gain power and to consume the natural resources of said place. Well, Putin, because Russia is a big source of oil for the world, can basically hold it fucking hostage, as can Saudi Arabia and many of the oil-rich nations in the Middle East. But if even them, right, have begun to diversify where their money is coming from because they are sitting on a depleting asset, there's only so much fucking oil. So even if you're looking at it from an economic standpoint, there is an imperative here to switch how and where we are getting our energy from because it's being depleted. One, through actual war. And two, because we are fucking up the planet in such a way that it's not going to reinvent itself. Not at least with us existing on it. I will go on. Poor nations are are far more exposed to climate risks than rich countries. Between 2010 and 2020, droughts, floods, and storms, listen to this number, killed 15 times as many people in highly vulnerable countries, including those in Africa and Asia, as in the wealthiest countries. I'm going to read that again. Between 2010 and 2020, so in the last 10 years, droughts, floods, and storms have killed 15 times as many people in highly vulnerable countries, including those in Africa and Asia, as in wealthier countries. Wealthier nations, like the United States of America, are able to decide who is expendable and who is not. This is the core narrative, folks, and it keeps popping up, whether it's COVID or climate change, right? Whether it's war or jobs, it is the, those that are in power that are often male, often white, often cis, often quote unquote Christian, often wealthy, that get to dictate the principles that the rest of us must abide by. And then those poorer nations you get to say are expendable in this larger game of how much can we consume and how powerful can we be? It is sick. It is twisted. And we are watching it play out on the macro and micro level. I encourage you folks to read the rest of this article. And if you do have the time to check out the report, the article is entitled climate change is harming the planet faster than we can adapt. The UN warns. And now for your moment of wellness. As I found myself drinking from the fire hose of news, I decided that I needed to take a beat and I don't 
often take a beat in the middle of the day. I kind of like to go, 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 and then finish my day and then relax. But I realized as I was reading and watching the news that I started to have shortness of breath, that I started to develop a headache. And I decided to close my computer, to put my phone on do not disturb for 10 minutes. I turned on a meditation of what it means to turn inward, what it means to give ourselves a moment to catch our breaths, to still our bodies and our minds. Because if we are not fortifying ourselves right now, dear friends, self-care is not even the name that I would call what it is that we all need to be doing every day because it doesn't just doesn't seem powerful enough. But if we are not fortifying ourselves emotionally, spiritually, physically against these powers of evil, we will crumble. We will not make it through. So if you need to close your computer, turn off your phone at various points of the day to just ground yourself, please, dear friend, do that. It is needed. It is required. The moments, the times that we are living in are extraordinary in all of the wrong ways. Take what time that you need in order to refocus and to realign. That is your moment of woke wellness. Be well and stay woke. That is it for me today, dear friends on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.